0: This this, this (laughs) this is the Miller Lite Cowboys House. Supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Danny Sarek and Brad Sham. This is the Cowboys Hour. It is
1: not Brad Sham this week. Instead, it's Kyle Yeomans trying to fill the large shoes of the voice of the Dallas Cowboys in Brad Sham. But I am pleased to be alongside Danny Sarek with you guys for the next hours. We get to talk through what has been an incredible run for the Dallas Cowboys over the last three weeks and an opportunity to win an NFC East title coming up this week against the New York Giants. We're going to get into it not only between Danny and myself, but also we've got a special guest today. That's Mr. C.J. Goodwin. C.J., how's things going over there on the other side of the building? Doing pretty well, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. We're excited to get after it. Danny, I mean, I know you're happy about it. You're smiling over there in the corner. You know this has been fun for the Cowboys.
2: You know what? Work is a lot more fun, not just for you guys, C.J., but for us as well. When the Cow boys are winning and there's more to talk about and it's a lot more fun i'm excited to talk with you too kyle
1: this is going to be fun, and, and CJ, I know you You go into the building every day and being a part of kind of what has been a, a monotonous 2020 season, a lot of testing and, and reports and virtual meetings and things like that, but it, it certainly does have to feel a little bit better now that you've won three straight and you still have an opportunity to play meaningful football
3: going into a new year, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Everything's better with, with a couple wins, man. So uh, we look forward to this challenge we got this weekend. Absolutely.
1: What's one of the biggest things that you're excited about over the last three weeks? Is that the defense, the takeaways? What really has kind of stood out to you as something that has has been the most fun to be a part of over the the winning streak so far?
3: The energy in the building, uh, you can you can feel it. Uh, everybody everybody is happy right now. So, and we, like you said, we still have meaningful football left. So, the energy is just just different now.
2: How surreal is it from where this team was just a couple of weeks ago to now going into the final week of the season? And you guys have a true chance of making the playoffs. I know that you guys have been saying that for weeks and whether or not fans or media members believed it, but it's true (laughs) at this point.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I know we have to have a a little bit of luck at the 8 o'clock game, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're worried about what we got going on with the Giants. And uh, and like I said, it's fun. It's fun. It is surreal.
1: Now, you have had to have a little bit of luck already, not
0: even just that 8 o'clock <laughs> yeah, game. Right. Just to be where you are right, right now,
1: right. you've had to have a little bit of luck go your way. But from a player's perspective, what is that like? Because at 3-9 and nine, and you're looking around at everybody else in the NFC East and you're saying, we're still alive in this thing. How much do you actually have to buy into that, especially after what a, uh, what a rough
3: start it was through the first dozen games of the season? Um, you got to buy in, for sure. For sure, But we, we knew we had the talent. Uh, it was just about us coming together and believing in, in, in what we had going. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun for sure.
2: The defense has improved in pretty much every aspect the last couple of weeks. From your perspective, where have you seen the most improvements throughout this three-game win streak from the defense?
3: I think just trusting the system. I've seen that. I've seen us trusting the system that, uh, that Coach Nolan put in. and. Um, now we're flying around. Uh, we, we're not second-guessing ourselves. So, yeah, that for sure.
2: Was, that, was the second-guessing something that you were feeling earlier on in the season, especially having to work through the kinks of a new coaching staff without having that season?
3: Yeah, for sure. With any changes, growing pains. So, yeah, that was mm-hmm. something for sure. I like that saying. With any change, there's growing pains. And
1: there's been a lot of change.
3: Did you? (laughs) That's pretty
1: good. I like that. Hey, let's let's patent it. That's CJ Goodwin's thing. I'm going to use that. No. I mean, there has been plenty of change. And not only about the society that we've been in with COVID 19 and the different kind of season that it's been, but also with the coaching staff. And with a new coaching staff coming in, you were here last year and uh, you've had to go through a bit of a shift in, in mindset there. And then also, in between weeks and I'm, I'm glad you brought up what Mike Nolan's kind of done switching this, the system a little bit, but he also kind of threw a different wrinkle into that this week with you involved. Tell me about this CJ package that we've been hearing about over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Mike talked about it yesterday, so you can come out and tell us exactly what happened and what was a part of it. But I want to hear from your side of things, what went through your mind whenever the CJ package was thrown into the mix?
3: Well, uh, from my perspective, um, Sean Lee came to me. Uh, I think Arizona week. He was like, "Man, we we're playing a running quarterback. I think we could put you uh, as a spy on the quarterback." He was like, "I think it will work, Arizona. I think it will work against uh, Baltimore, and you know later on in the season." And I know, you know, chain of command. You got to get it up, up the, up the line. But um, it took a while to get up the line. Uh, I had to build. Trust with the with the coaching staff as well. So I, that's on me, and um, they, they implemented it this week. And uh, Coach Nolan seen something in me, uh, put me out there, and, and it worked. So credit to those guys.
1: That's awesome. And I'm going to go back to Sean Lee and that part of it here in just a moment, but kind of go through what it was because the Cowboys defeated the Eagles last week, for those of you who may not have seen that in Week 16 of the regular season. 37-17 was that final score. And for 16 defensive snaps, you, who's really kind of been a staple on special teams, and we'll get to your your role in terms of special teams here in a little bit, but you came out in terms of defensive snaps and you spied Jalen Hurts, a running mobile quarterback, who as a rookie, it seemed like he had trouble kind of uh, adjusting to the different look that he had not seen on film before.
3: Yeah, I, I think he did. I think he did. Coach Nolan did a great job of uh, telling me, like, hey, man, you're a special team. You're our special teams guy, and this is what you do for a living. So all you got to do is stand right here <laughs> and follow this quarterback wherever he goes. He's running down if he breaks the pocket. Uh, and it kind of worked. It, it, it worked a little bit, you know. So, yeah, I, I like it, and I, and I like that Coach Nolan just let me do my thing.
2: How validating was that? To be able to get that opportunity of the skills that you have of not just being on special teams, which of course takes talent in and of itself, but to be able to get that opportunity on those defensive snaps.
3: Man, I, I just want to help the team win in any way I can. So I'm, I'm glad they, they have confidence in me to help in, in, that, in that facet.
1: Now, whenever it came to slowing down Jalen Hurts, I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, I talk about not seeing you on film. Nobody's really seen him on film either. I mean, he's been a quarterback or a starting quarterback in the league for, what, three weeks prior Mm -hmm. to playing the Cowboys? And so what was it like going into this game knowing that you were going to have a special role against a quarterback that you didn't really know a whole lot
3: about? Right, I, my my first impression uh, when I got out there, I was like, "Yo, that's a big dude." <laughs> like, <laughs> Jalen Hurts is a big guy. I didn't know he was that big until I ran up on him. I was like, "Oh wow, this is a, yeah, this is a monster right here." But no, nah, it, it, like like you said, he wasn't really on film. He was faster than I thought he was going to be. And um, like like credit to the coaches for put me in that position for sure.
2: You guys need um, Philadelphia to beat Washington this week, as well as a win over the Giants. I know that you guys will be flying back during that later game. Do you have any plans to you know, be on your phone and watching the score? Oh. You guys, you wait till you land. How does that work of, of knowing where your fate will lie?
3: However we can watch this game, we want to watch the game. Just, I mean, <clears> more <throat> because we're football fans, but I know it's, it's very meaningful for us too. So it, it should be a fun, fun flight home, especially after we win. Is that something that you
1: guys do on a normal basis? You talk about being football fans. Do you turn on other games whenever you're on the way back
3: home? Absolutely. A lot of us know other people on teams, so we like to see them play as well. Um, Yeah, but we're we're football fans first, for sure. I like
1: that. I like that. Now, I mean, with, with kind of the last couple of weeks, I mentioned this already, you've had to have a little bit of luck go your way. In terms of getting even into the spot that you're in right now, have you watched any of the other NFC East games along the way these last couple of weeks saying, please win, please lose, <laughs> please win? And it wouldn't happen in Week 16 because Washington was playing at the same time. Right. Any
3: other weeks along the year? Yeah, yeah, you keep an eye out. You definitely keep an eye out on, on what's going on. Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't know we was going to be in the spot. Uh, like you said, some things went our way, and hopefully we, we continue You know, the luck that we have with the other teams.
2: How important is it to continue to ride that momentum from these this three game win streak? I mean, players talk about all the time. It's important to get hot at the right time, and it seems like you guys are catching fire at the right time, the end of the season. How important is that? Just continue to ride that momentum from the three game win streak.
3: That's what Coach talks about all the time. Is is December football? That's the most meaningful football, and um, I think uh, that hit home with us. And uh, you know, like it's enjoyable winning like this.
1: Well, uh, it wasn't just December football. Now it's into January football, so it's <laughs> right, a little bit more right, meaningful. Right. Yeah, I mean, you went three and one in, in the month of December, and really after that Baltimore game, found a rhythm against Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. Ten takeaways in those three wins, and, and you mentioned the change of the system and finally getting comfortable on defense. But what is it? What's been the biggest difference of the defense and building that confidence? And was there a specific moment in this win streak that kind of said, "Okay, defensively, we figured things out." a a little bit
3: um we i think they preach uh turnovers come in bunches so when we start getting the turnovers it, it, it was very fun it was very fun we're kind of turning the tide with the turnover thing and um late the, you know you know you got to take care of the ball you got to take away the ball and we've been doing pretty a pretty good job at that so that's that's really been a big turning point
2: for the first couple weeks you know you were talking about briefly uh second guessing working out through all the wrinkles of a new coaching staff and now that things are really starting to click how important was it to hang on to those little pieces of success every week, whether you know when the turnovers really started coming of saying, you know what, as long as we keep trusting the system, this will start to click and this will work for us. How important was it for you to just hang on to those little pieces of where things were working in order for it to click overall?
3: It was very important. I think uh, after the Stiller game, uh, when we kind of got down to the end of that game and, and we were in it the whole time and we had it won, I think that was kind of a, a little turning point as well. That was a that was a what do they call it a moral win. What do they call it? Moral victory. Moral victory. I yeah. love how
1: you don't actually know the name of what it's actually <laughs> called. I love how you you, you just you were like, what is it that they call it? It's yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah, call yeah, it yeah. that. We, we don't, don't say we don't that. really
3: call it that. But yeah, it was it was like okay, since they're supposed to be one of the best teams and we're right there, we got the talent, so let's just trust what we got. And it took us a couple games to start to win, but uh, not, we're on a roll at the right time.
1: You are. You are indeed. And how frustrating was it earlier in the season when you looked at the games like Pittsburgh, for instance, or Philadelphia, where you said, we didn't have our guys. We And we still didn't throughout the rest of this. I mean, no Dak Prescott and a lot of the, the offensive line kind of banged up. But there were a lot of those games where you looked at it and said, we were missing our biggest dogs and we were missing these guys that are impact players. And I know you, being one of the guys that has had to step up, has had to step up into a role like that, but how frustrating is that in games like that where you're so close, but you just couldn't get over the hump?
3: It's just frustrating. It is frustrating. Uh, to lose in general is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know it's, it's a next-man-up mentality around here. Uh, we would love to have our, our biggest pieces out there, but we also know that a lot of teams don't have the biggest pieces out there, so we play who we got, and we play our best, and we try to, you know, hopefully the outcome is in our favor.
1: There have been a couple big plays from you this season. We're going to talk about one of the biggest plays of the season so far, and it's one of the reasons why we are in an opportunity, or the Cowboys are have an opportunity to win the NFC East. It has to do with watermelons and a watermelon <laughs> kick. We're going to talk about that when we come back on the other side of the break.
2: The Miller Lite Cowboys Hour is brought to you in part by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders.
1: There will be more Miller Lite Cowboys Hour right after this.
0: Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Just getting
1: underway here on the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour from the Star in Frisco. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans alongside Danny Serec joined by C.J. Goodwin, cornerback for your Dallas Cowboys and I teased this going into the break a little bit ago, C.J., about some of the key plays that you've been a part of here in this 2020 season, this wild up-and-down roller coaster of a 2020 season and you've had your stamp on it, no doubt about it, with one of the most incredible plays, but first I want to talk about One that was almost an incredible play, and that was this past week in the 20-point win over Philadelphia. Reggie Robinson on special teams, and we'll talk about special teams here in a minute as well, but came around and punched the ball out, and you were right there in the vicinity, received the ball, and then were ruled out of bounds. Did you think you were out of bounds at that point?
3: Oh, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) You did? (laughs) Yeah, I seen my foot. Uh, My foot was out of bounds. I knew it. and I was just trying to hide but yeah, I knew they was gonna catch it. You know, does, the camera doesn't miss anything.
2: Does that ever work where you hide and the camera doesn't get, and you're like, oh shoot, I knew I was out, but they called me in. <laughs> I,
3: ha- I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I was hoping it was go- it was gonna work that time, but. Nah. Oh, and like you said,
1: with all these HD cameras, 4K, they even had an 8K camera out there the hey, last on time.
3: The, on the big screen. Right, right, <laughs> the that big screen. screen you look it was, straight it up and it's – Plain as it, day. It, oh, yeah. yeah, you knew it. You knew
1: it. Hey, at least you tried to sell it. That's the best part is you come up, you hold the ball up, and you're, you're, you're proud of it for a little bit. But, hey, it might work at the high school or college level, but this is an NFL level. They don't really get it wrong. But right. uh, you did get one earlier in the season, and it was actually against your former team into the Atlanta Falcons – I mean, what an incredible comeback that was back in week two of the NFL season, which, by the way, seems like a century ago. Right, It seems like forever ago. But 40-39 to was the final score in that game. And Greg Zerline, with his famous watermelon kick, where it kind of spun on the ground sideways and kind of did a little crescent shape straight into the arms of one C.J. Goodwin. So I want to hear the the behind-the-scenes of this and how you kind of anticipated hopping onto that football because you had to wait 10 yards. Were you surprised that none of the Falcons
3: jumped on it previously? I, was, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> oh, I wasn't gosh. surprised. Let me tell you why. Okay. Greg worked on that kick um, every every week. Uh, Bones would have him kick that the same kick. He kicked it the exact same way every time. He never missed it. So I knew exactly where the ball was going to be. And then – I have never seen the kick. So the first time I seen it, I was like, yo, how would anybody guard this? And I was like, okay, they're not about to run up because if they run up, they can hit the ball, you know what I'm saying? They would think it's on them. So I I was just like, okay, it's going to be right here. I'm just going to wait. and I just got to hold the ball. And it worked out perfectly. I think somebody stole it on the bottom. I stole it back. But other than that, it worked, it worked Wait, out early. Did a cowboy steal it, or was it an nah, Atlanta Falcon that stole it? It was a Falcon. He kind of stole it. I stole it back. Don't tell too many people about that. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> Everyone listening, don't say anything.
3: <laughs> Keep it quiet, everybody. We need right, that. Right. Yeah, it was fun, though.
2: Special teams coordinator John Fossil has... He's made it a point since training camp when we first got to really hear from him of saying he wanted to make it a point to where everyone on special teams felt like they could truly contribute to the final outcome of a game. Mm. And he's proved he's he's not afraid to take risks or do trick plays. I want to hear from you what it is like playing for him.
3: I love Bones. I love Bones, man. This It's been the most fun I've had in my career, honestly. Um, he makes you feel like You can win or lose a game. Like, he he makes you feel good every day about what you do, how you can contribute to the game. And um, he trusts you. It doesn't matter if you're a rookie. If you're out there, he trusts you. Um, Love Bones. Love playing for him, honestly.
2: A lot of people might underestimate the power that special teams can hold. Yeah. And the final outcome and throughout a team. How important is that for you as a player to play for someone who has such belief and trust in all of you that you can truly make that impact?
3: Right um like i said bones is amazing um he he he, he tells you like you know, you're important you're important and i trust you and i believe in you um it's, it's, he's second to none honestly
1: And that's awesome, because, I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks, even throughout the winning streak, uh, I mean, special teams has played big-time key moments uh, well, and it's been one of the reasons why they've won, not only kicking with Greg Zerline, but you talk about the defense. I mean, Dorrance Armstrong forced a fumble against San Francisco on special teams, and there's been multiple plays. I've already talked about the watermelon kick, which is probably my favorite play during my tenure with the Cowboys, but really, there's so many different... Opportunities to to make an impact, and it's one of the reasons why they say it's a complete game: offense, defense, special teams. Right.
3: Right. Right. Exactly. Um, look, we contribute. We try to contribute. We try to be consistent in, on special teams, and um, uh, we we have a chart in our room. that's about wins and losses uh, on special team. We think it's 11, 11 categories, hmm. and we want to win every single one of them. And um, we 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 win we win more times than not. So I love bones, man. Bones in hat. What are those categories? Um, I Oh, I'm quizzing you. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting
1: you on the spot here. I want I'm to know not, the 11 I'm categories. Not,
3: I'm not going to like I know. I just know that we win them. So <laughs>
2: oh,
1: okay.
3: okay. Yeah.
2: Kyle, you said that the watermelon kick was one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. And I have a different one that also involves UCJ. And I think just because knowing the story of it, um, it was against Pittsburgh, and it was on the punt return, and you ah. were limping. And Cedric Wilson got the ball, and then he taught, He threw it to you laterally, and you were wide open. You took it, what, 80 yards? Yep. 70, 80 yards? But then we found out from media availability the next day from Fossil that that was all part of the plan was to have you limp.
3: He's a genius. Bones is a genius. I,
2: but what, so, yeah. what, what goes on in that play? What, when he told you that was the plan, what went through your mind?
3: I was like, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, um, so it was, it was a throwback. It was a throwback play. So um, we're supposed to double. We're supposed to vice the gunner, make him go inside. Gunner obviously goes to the ball. Uh, Cedric, he's got he a great arm. So I'm supposed to limp back to kind of distract everybody. Like, oh, he's hurt, so let's not worry about him anymore. So it's get behind. Said says throws the ball. I was supposed to score, but I ran out of gas. And yeah, <laughs> but but no, that was it. That was that was fun. That was fun. Have
2: That's you have you ever played for a coach where that was the tactic of let let's have him limp and pretend like he's hurt?
3: <laughs> he comes up with all this crazy stuff all the time, man. It, y'all should see some of the stuff we practice and don't run. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, y'all I, lucky. Y'all I, lucky won't, really. I won't ask this just
1: based off of the job security for all three of us. I won't ask it on tel- on live radio, so I won't ask for the the future plays. Maybe once the season's over, I might try and <laughs> dig into it a little bit more. But uh, I, I don't I don't disagree, and I, I completely believe you because of how creative he he's been. Now, I want to ask you: talk about running out of gas right there at the end.
3: How frustrated
1: were you oh, going man. back to the sideline, knowing you were just right there? I
3: was sick. I was sick. I'm kind of glad that they called a penalty on us because uh-huh. I wasn't going to make it. Remember, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't,
3: wasn't going to make it. There's no way I was making it. Because I had to run all the way back there. I limped a little bit, but I ran all the way mm-hmm. back there. Then I had to catch it, which I almost dropped it. Catch it, then run all the way to the end zone, and I got to like – maybe the 50 and i was like man i don't know if i'm gonna make it oh, then my back started to get tight then i was just yeah <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was fun though it was fun do
1: you think that little bobble at the top of that 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 play kind of allowed the timing to actually work out for you in your I favor i do
3: i think it kind of worked out for me okay. um I, it, the ball was in the air for so long it really was look, yeah, it was a lot was of hang time I was like Am I? <laughs> and i kind of out jumped it then you know everybody's saying i can't catch i have great hands I have great <laughs> No, nah, like I said, it was fun, man. It was a good experience,
2: and that that kind of comes from your background as a wide receiver. Right, you have a very right. interesting background with football.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And I think that we should talk about it. You actually started. When did you first start playing football?
3: Um, you saying like college or no? Just in, any the, time. in general. Oh, in general, I played a year in high school. Right. Yeah. That was your first year. <laughs> that was my first year in high school. Yeah Did you play before high school? I played in Pop Warner Yeah I was pretty okay. good in Pop Warner okay. yeah. But yeah, then sure. When
2: you went to college You went and you played basketball
3: I played basketball And then for, you
2: walked on As a junior Right? To play football
3: I Walked on my senior year Your senior year
2: So where did that decision come from?
3: Um, we was playing rural basketball Because I ended up Going to another school And I was just a regular student Just playing in intramurals And We were playing, actually playing The football coaches At that school Fairmont State University and I dunked on the football coach. And he was like, hey, we got practice tomorrow. <laughs> I need you to be there. I was like, I'm not playing football. I weigh like 160 pounds. He was like, <laughs> 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 he was like, no, you'll be there. I was like, okay, I guess. So I went and I started me at the DB mm-hmm. and I couldn't backpedal. He was like, go play receiver. And I played receiver. I ended up having a decent year that year too. Yeah. And then I uh, left there, went to Cal PA. Um, didn't really do that do that well, but I had a pro day did pretty well the pro day um, Like a close family friend is uh Mel blunt mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh still is Hall of Famer. He called Pittsburgh um, And said hey man, this guy is pretty fast. He's pretty athletic. You should give him a uh, workout like, No strings attached to give him a workout did the workout and they signed me the next week. Yeah
1: I love that. I mean, you talk about somebody that's under the radar. (laughs) A basketball player playing pickup basketball against the coaching staff of a college? And that led to a roster spot?
3: Blessings on blessings, man. Stars aligned for me. That is unbelievable. Now,
1: I do want to get more into that, and I want to hear about your your background with Mel Blunt as well because of really his uh, – Place in, in football history is cemented, and he allowed you to have a place in NFL history right. as well. And I kind of want to get into that relationship and where that kind of formed as well. But we're going to step aside for our second break here on the Miller Light Cowboys Hour.
2: It's brought to you by Papa John's or at a Papa John's Cowboys Family Special, a large specialty pizza and a large two-dopping pizza for just $24 at papajohns.com. Official pizza of your Dallas Cowboys. Limited time offer, prices, participation, delivery, area, and charges may vary.
1: Stick with us. We'll be right back on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
0: Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts.
1: It's the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour here from the Star in Frisco, alongside Danny Sarek. I'm Kyle Yeomans, filling in for the great Brad Sham. And just a program reminder for everybody that if the Cowboys do win this week, there will be another Cowboys hour next week. And so Brad will be back with Danny and hopefully the Cowboys have a NFC playoff game on their docket. One of the Players, that's going to be a crucial key in getting that playoff game with a win over the Giants this week. C.J. Goodwin is with us, as always, and we've been talking. C.J., I now know that you have good hands. Um, you've you've already declared that as a former wide receiver who switched to corner once you got to the pros, but you've had one of the, the more interesting backgrounds out of any professional athlete that you could potentially have. You got a spot on a football team by playing pickup basketball. And so I kind of want to go into that. And you've also had a very interesting relationship with Mel Blunt. I mean, this is a, a, a world-renowned football player from the Pittsburgh Steelers who had had an incredible career up in Pennsylvania. But how did you know Mel, and, and where did that kind of friendship and relationship blossom into the point of having a tryout to the NFL?
3: Right. Um, so Mr. Mel, I went to school with his sons, uh, the Lindsley Schools of Small Private School in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. and. um I went to school with his sons, and my brother, my younger brother, and his middle son are the same age, so they played on the same travel basketball team. And he, went the, he was at the game watching them, obviously, and um, he came up to me. I uh, had my pants sagging, and I had earrings <laughs> in. <laughs> and he, he said, um, hey, man, pull your pants up and take the earrings out. He was. I was like, "Huh? I don't even know who you are." He was. And Eric was like, oh. "My stepdad is a huge Stiller fan. I shouldn't say that, but yeah, he's a huge Stiller. Fan. He's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, well, he was at the time. He loves the Cowboys now, but
1: just um, <laughs> <laughs> just a good disclaimer. Yeah. Right.
3: So he was like, "No, that's Mel Blunt. He's a Hall of Famer. You better listen to him." Yeah. And I, I pulled my pants up, took my earrings out, and uh, he was like, "Do you have a job?" I was like, "Yes, sir. I have a I have a, I have a job. I was working at a, um at a." Playground. I was a playground instructor. I was seventeen as playground instructor. I was making like four dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Hmm. He was like, "Hey man, well I'll pay you ten dollars an hour. You come work for me." I'm like, "Right now, I'll be there. Right now." Like <laughs> 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 and um, you know, ten dollars to you know making eight hundred dollars every two weeks at seventeen, like I, I'll, I'll do that for sure. And um, went up there. He was like, uh, "I was cutting grass. I used to work on his farm." Cut cut grass, I clean the stalls out for the horses, and uh, do stuff with the with the cattle, and um, worked there for maybe about doing that for two years, and then he was like, hey, uh, we have a uh, kids up there about the it was a youth home, right? It was a Melbourne youth home. He has maybe about 15 kids at the time. He was like, go up, you can go up there and be a counselor. I had to go through training and all that. I was a counselor for six years up there. So all together, like, like seven years. Yeah. I know I did the math wrong, but like seven <laughs>
0: years. I for
3: him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I worked for him from age, uh, 17 to 24. He used to, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, he helped out. He helped out big time. So he's like, he's like family. He's only like family. Yeah.
1: How did that end up leading you to that tryout with the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, you go undrafted and really kind of unknown to a lot of Prospects. I mean, or, uh, compared to a lot of prospects and a lot of these scouts in the area. But how did how did you get that kind of connection with Mel, or how did he have that kind of work out? And then how did you do in the the tryout?
3: Um. So, Mr. Mel told me when I went to my second school to play football, uh, Cal Pa. Mm-hmm. He told me, "Hey, man, if you have a good year, I'll put a word in with you for you for the Steelers for a workout." and I was like yeah I'm not I'm trying to go to Canada I'm not going to make it in the NFL and but I you know I struck it off but uh ended up not even playing that much that year I uh, I thought I was going to play but I was behind four other uh seniors that have been there their whole career so I kind of played sparingly and um so I you know I just trained for my pro day and tried to make it on my own I had a great I had a great pro day though um I had the numbers but I didn't have the the body of work so um he made the call anyway, uh, made the call to the Steelers, uh, to Mike Tomlin. And I remember like going to, doing a workout when they called me, like, hey, man, we're going to do a workout on this day, whatever. I got up there and the first person I seen was Mike Tomlin. <laughs> like I was like, yo, this is this is really happening. You know, I'm nervous. I'm feel like I'm about to die. But uh, I ran uh, I ran some routes and whatnot. I did pretty well. And um, the next week they called me uh, and said, we're going to sign you um i remember like my mom crying i almost cri- almost cried like I, I i was in the gym and they called and it was just unbelievable everything just started moving so fast like yeah you know <laughs> when you get good news everything just moves so fast i got up there and um got in the locker room and i was like i do not belong here this is <laughs> this is nuts yeah when i seen um Ben Roethlisberger, I was like, yo, this is crazy. These are like my – I was always a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. But um, like like being that close to, like you know, your heroes, it was like, oh, my goodness. I'm, I want D2. So, you know, we don't expect to, you know, be in the NFL. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I
2: think, like just wild to me. It is. It's <laughs> my all, all from pickup basketball. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, after the Steelers, you kind of ended up – Jumping around to a couple couple different teams, and I believe it was Atlanta where you made the switch to cornerback, right? Right. What prompted that switch there?
3: Well, Atlanta was my second team uh, after I left Pittsburgh. I went to Atlanta. Uh, I was on our practice squad for uh, a year, and that week seventeen of that year, um, I was playing. I was playing receiver the whole time. Week seventeen of that year, so it was been in this week, right? Yeah. Yep. Week seventeen, the. DB coach came up to me. He was like, hey, you have talent. Um, I want to I want to get you on the field. I was like, well, how are we going to do it? He was like, come with me. I'll turn you into a DB and you'll be on the team next year. I was like, whatever I got to do, like to get on this team, I'll do it. And he worked with me. His name is Marquard Manuel. I definitely want to give him a shout out. He works for Philly. I just seen him actually. He's their DB coach. But um, one of the best coaches I ever had in my life. He He really took the time to 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 coach me like like I was his family it was it was amazing he worked with me um I got good enough to make the team I made the team and that year we made the Super Bowl. We lost, but we made it. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. I had a, yeah. This, my whole career has been nuts. So <laughs> <laughs> we were. I mean, we were even talking
1: in the middle of the break, and you were like, "Well, it's just as crazy to you guys as it is to me." And it's like unbelievable,
3: I'm unbelievable. You, I'm unbel- I wake up every day. I was like, "Yo, this cannot be real. This is this is unbelievable, man." And that's Seriously. awesome
1: because from an outsider's perspective a lot of times it's easy to lose track of how cool this is and how much right. of a dream this is for, for athletes and, and guys like you that come from a Division two background what kind of advice would you give to a Division two players because it, it seems like at least nowadays and it's getting more and more common to see top-notch players go to the Division two level or come out of Division three even and play significant snaps in the NFL and put together careers much like yours uh, in the NFL but what kind of advice advice would you give to a player that might be struggling with that decision
3: well these scouts and the staff is, are so good at this level that they'll find you anywhere um that's really the advice if don't it doesn't matter where you go if you're if you have the ability if you have some type of talent that they can't teach they'll find you and i'm, I'm a testament to that so yeah for sure just that's keep awesome. working
2: now that you've been with the Cowboys for a couple seasons, how validating is that? Just everything you've gone through, and even though it might seem crazy that you are where you are right now, how validating is that of, I am good, I, I deserve to be where I am today, and now you're getting a lot of that recognition with the defensive snaps and the special teams plays, and you've been with the Cowboys now for a couple years, how validating is all of that?
3: Oh, I, I, I knew I had some type of talent, I, I mean, I always knew that, I am Confident in that, um, it was just like you said, getting the getting the the snaps and, and playing. I, I I always knew that I I had something you can teach. Like I I I can run, I can run. But playing for the Cowboys, though, like I actually never wanted to play for the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been – because I was such a huge fan of the Cowboys that it's like meeting your hero. Like They mm. always kind of let you down, but that's been the exact opposite here. This is a, a – and I'm not just saying that because I'm on the Cowboys On a network. Cowboys hour. <laughs> this is honestly amazing organization, and I'm so, so happy to be here.
0: Well, and,
1: and kind of what Danny said just a, a second ago of playing here multiple years, it's the first real organization you've had an extended stay with. I mean, you've pl- you got significant time with Atlanta, but mm. now you've been here longer than you were in Atlanta but Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Arizona New York as in the Giants San Francisco and Cincinnati. Six organizations prior to stopping in Dallas and also the fun fact about it is that they were all on the schedule here in 2020.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. All yeah. of them were on the
1: schedule and we've already played every single one of them and of course the Giants will play again right. coming up this weekend but what was that like? And was there a lot of crossover of guys that you knew along the way? And has there been a lot of reunions this year and, and, and film study off of guys that you knew and were familiar with from your your past in the NFL?
3: It's been it's been like uh, like <laughs> it's been crazy because I'm I've seen all the guys that I played with. Um, you know, it's always good to, good to see the guys and um like that 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 what was it five teams seven Six teams, teams all together? Yeah, saying I, I was on five in one off season. So, you oh, know, yeah. I got, to, I got to meet, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people in that off season. It was fun. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's not fun getting cut, but it was fun. Like just traveling, you know, the, 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 States, it was, it was fun. And you made a, you know, you meet a lot of people And this year. I got to meet, you know, I got to see them all again. So it was, it was amazing. That's really cool.
2: Growing up. Um, you said your family were Steelers fans, No, no just, just dad.
3: Yeah, just my stepdad. He's from Pittsburgh.
2: Okay. Yeah. So is everyone else a Cowboys fan? Is that who you were? That's, okay. That,
3: that's how it is in West Virginia. Either you like the Steelers or you like the Cowboys. Nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. you have a
2: favorite player growing up?
3: Emmitt Smith. Wow. Pretty good. One. Why Emmitt? Uh, I was a big Cowboys fan, and he was a beast. He was just the dude. <laughs> he was a beast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I fair. wore 22 and in, in everything I did growing up. Yeah.
1: Was there anybody that you might have modeled your game after early on? I mean, you started as a wide receiver, went to DB, but was there anybody that you looked at from the Cowboys and said, I want to play like that guy?
3: Emmitt Smith. It wasn't? <laughs> yeah, Emmitt Smith. I played running back, Pop Warner. Oh. And yeah. I did was, you wear 22? I wore 22, absolutely. Course yeah, yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. Why did I even ask? Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy question. Yes.
1: <laughs> have you uh, Have you had a chance to meet Emmitt during your time with the Cowboys?
3: No, I haven't. I don't want to meet him. I oh, don't. Don't, don't want to meet your heroes. I don't okay. want to meet my heroes, yeah. But you I said do, that about playing I'm for the Cowboys. I do, want, I do want to meet him. <laughs> well, here's Emmitt Smith. I don't, no, I'm just kidding. We don't, oh, we don't have
1: that wow, kind of wouldn't power. wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that would be nice. But I, I, I love how much you're, you are giving into this uh, you don't want to meet your heroes thing. But hey, like Danny said, it worked out the first time. I mean, right. you met it your did. team. You're definitely with your team. And hey, things did. have worked out uh, in the end. But we're going to step aside, take our final break. We've still got a little bit of ways to go here with C.J. Goodwin on the Miller Lite Cowboys The Miller Lite
2: Cowboys Hour. The like Light Cowboys hours brought to you in part by Omni Hotels and Resorts. This fall, do more than just stay apart, stay a part of the game, and stay a part of the Cowboys. Experience football season at Omni Frisco Hotel, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys, and enjoy all the dining and entertainment options the star has to offer.
1: We'll be right back here on the Cowboys Radio Network.
0: Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts final
1: segment here of the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour from the star in Frisco Kyle Yeomans, Danny Sarek alongside C.J. Goodwin here for another 10 minutes or so before we wrap things up and hand it along the way here on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network and C.J. we've talked a lot about your past, we've talked about the the run that the Cowboys have been on but I also want to kind of talk about the person of C.J. Goodwin and, and I mean I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit with the story and uh, kind of your journey to the NFL but I'm going to Ask you a very simple question here. How were your holidays, my friend?
3: They were great. They were great. I got the um, I got the Facetime my, my kids up in West Virginia. Um, they were together. Um, it was great. Uh, I, and we got the day off too. So yeah, I want to make sure. <laughs> were you surprised <laughs>
1: that, that Coach McCarthy gave everybody the day off? I
3: wasn't. He's such family first. He's such a family oh. first guy, and uh, I wasn't surprised at all. Man, he's he's a great guy.
2: That's how, awesome. How old are your kids?
3: My daughter is nine, and my son is two.
2: So what are the big gifts that they were wanting?
3: My daughter wanted an Xbox. <laughs> <I
2: think. laughs> That's she awesome. Was,
3: yeah, she wanted an Xbox and my son just wanted to play with the with the wrapping paper. So oh, but, good. <laughs>
1: nice and easy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you made it made it simple. I, I I I don't blame her on the Xbox side of things. Nine, uh, no by any means. Nine nine year olds play with Xbox? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I well, it's
2: always something. I feel yeah. like when I was a kid, it was Nintendo Six. I was about to say, I Game think Cube I was about or... nine
1: or ten when I got my first gaming yeah. console. Oh, uh, Okay, I'm, yeah. I, I don't remember. when I, I don't play
3: video games. So I don't. Yeah, I, now,
1: did Santa bring her an Xbox? Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. And yep. what's her name? Her name is Caden. Caden, oh, that's was, awesome. Yes.
1: And they're they're up. Are they in your hometown of Wheeling, West Virginia? Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: Which we know is is the place that you like in West Virginia. Yes,
3: beautiful place, mm-hmm. beautiful place. <laughs>
1: well, but we we established earlier that you don't like the rest of West Virginia. Right? I didn't
3: say I didn't like it. Ah. It's just nah, I don't prefer it. Um, okay, yeah, I'm Northern West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that area up there. I love
1: West Virginia, but there's not as much state pride as there is in Texas. No, Texas is its own country.
3: Oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, you guys from Texas? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, this is his own country. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I like it down here though. I, oh. I do. It's just so flat. It's so flat. Or, yeah. Is it's that flat. a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's, I'm from West Virginia. It's you know I'm from the mountains. Yeah, it's State. All, yeah. all windy roads. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. But you though. pick
2: and choose. Like this is our cold winter. It's. Forty degrees. Yeah. This
3: is nice. This is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take this.
1: <laughs> we're gonna go outside and we're gonna be bundled up with beanies and jackets and all sorts of different layers on and you'll walk out probably in a T shirt out of yeah, here, right? I can, yeah,
3: I can do this any day. Yeah. yeah, this is all this is all normal weather, right? This is here. easy yeah. stuff up in Western <laughs> Easy this stuff. Is, yeah, this is
1: spring right here. So where did your where did your love for football kind of blossom? Because you talked about playing pop Warner early on and you've you've kind of had a long career back and forth between basketball and football. But where did your love for the game kind of stem at, early in your your days?
3: Early in my days. Um was pop Warner. Um mm-hmm. my dad was a coach. Uh I I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be in the NFL. That was my first love. Football was my first love mm-hmm. as a as a child. And then uh my family is big basketball family where I'm from, and I was like, "Well, this is the route I gotta go." I was, and then I was pretty good, so I just stuck with that. Uh, it was less on my body. <laughs> 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 I stuck with that, but you know, then I got—I think it really blossomed again for me um, that year. I made the active roster mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and we went all the way to the ball game. Um, I was like, "Yo, yeah, this is fun. I, mean, I can see myself doing this for for a while." Um it was kind of hard bouncing around after that, but I, I, it was just fun like it was it was fun meeting new people being in new places and then I uh, finally landed here and it just really it kind of took off for me um just to be you know, just know my I know my role and they put me in the best positions and uh it's fun
2: is that ever something you have to remind yourself of maybe this year in particular of the team adversity of all of the injuries and everything, as well as everything going on on, uh, in the regular world, right? No off-season, COVID protocols, all the good stuff. Do you ever just have to remind yourself on those hard days or after a hard loss of this is fun, this is what I enjoy, and kind of bring you back to reality of... You know, your your incredible story of like, look where I am. Like that's what's important.
3: Oh, every Wednesday and Thursday I have to remind myself of that. <laughs>
2: Those long days. And, oh
3: my goodness. Yeah. Seven thirty to four thirty I have to remind myself that this is fun. And then Sunday you don't have to remind yourself at all this is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah for sure it,
1: it, will that will that feeling ever get old walking out of a tunnel like that even in a crazy year like this where it's half or empty
3: stadiums it, it, will that be a, a time that will ever get old for you the most amazing feeling in the world uh, next to you know your kids
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, is that walking out of that tunnel uh, hearing the fans I'm so glad we got fans down here but <laughs> yeah, hearing the fans and uh, just that that's an amazing feeling man and, uh, it honestly is and I, and I appreciate it and that's I hate the I hate when you know when it was all over. That's something I'm gonna miss. Other than the locker room, that's something I'm gonna miss the most. Mm-hmm.
2: After a an crazy year football wise for every team, the Cowboys included. What are you most proud of from this team that you guys have accomplished and worked through all the adversities?
3: Uh, we never gave up. Even even when times were bleak, uh, we never gave up at all. Uh, we we stuck together. Uh, you know, we actually gotten better. Uh, for it. so that right there, you know, the people went down. You know, biggest people went down, and and we still kept kept chugging. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. What kind of damage do you think you guys can do if you get into
1: the tournament? Because I, I, I've heard that really all season long throughout the 3-9 and nine start and, and just trying to win the division, but you're on a roll. If you get into the playoffs, you will have won four straight. You will have won uh, five out of your last seven games of the season. Do you feel like you
3: guys could make a run if you find your way into the playoffs? I don't, I don't see why not, man. It's about the hot team at the right time. Uh, that's how the playoffs work. If you're hot at the right time, anything can happen and we'll will be hot. Are there any
1: similarities between
3: this team
1: and the team that you played for in Atlanta that ended up going to the Super Bowl?
3: They got hot at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta the record was a little bit better because yeah, a little you know, bit better, right? Yeah, a little bit better, but yeah. they they were hot though. We were we were hot at my bad. We were hot at the right time back then and you know, it led us all the way to a terrible loss. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk
1: about that if we want. I mean, we, we can go into the the loss. Hey. I mean,
3: twenty eight to three. But hey,
1: hey relax, relax. I'm sorry. Relax, I'm sorry. Relax, I'm not, relax, not relax, a Patriots relax. fan. I promise. Okay. I'm not anywhere right. close to there. But it was. It, it's a memorable game for any football fan out there. And I'm I'm sorry you were on the losing side of that. It's okay. But uh, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of the fun part about the playoffs and about the NFL is that the is there, and and it doesn't matter. What happens, it's every any given Sunday. I mean, we can throw that, that name in there if right. we really want to because it's a true saying.
3: Right, exactly. It is, man. Uh, like, like you said, anything can happen.
2: How difficult is it to balance the thoughts of this team is getting hot, we know that we can do some damage to these teams while also keeping also in the back of your mind of, you know, we we can't just get overconfident. I think mm. the the phrase Dak used a lot last year was what uh, or is he like sniffing themselves too yeah, much. Yeah, a little right? bit. <laughs> how, how, how do you balance that?
3: We're not we we're not doing that. We're not talking think, about that. I don't think we're doing overconfident. We well, we just got...
2: r- writing, writing <laughs> the the win streak.
3: Oh yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but we still have nine losses. Like we, we, I don't think we're getting overconfident at all. We're just finding our groove, um, and, uh, and when we're getting hot. We're not going to be overconfident because. We still have nine losses. What do you feel like is the biggest thing
1: that you have to overcome as a team going into this final week of the year, and then potentially into the playoffs?
3: I'm sorry, said it again.
1: What's the biggest biggest obstacle you have to overcome if you're going to have some success in terms of the playoffs in this final week of the year?
3: Um, just continuing what we're doing. Uh, that's that's our biggest obstacle is just sticking together, and now um, I, I don't really think. Like, dealing with success is, is something that, we, that we're that we going to struggle with just because uh, we're hot. You just got to stay focused. Uh, just, just continue what we're doing, honestly.
2: The fact that through everything this team has been through, you guys have never given up on each other. You've never given up, you know, trusting the, the coaching staff. And you were saying earlier, you know, just have to keep working through it until it clicks. How would you describe the leadership, either from the coaching staff, the players in the locker room, because – However, the leadership was, was being done by those leaders. It, it worked because you guys stayed together.
3: Right, right. We're a, we're a tight knit group. Uh, we really are. Um, I think that adversity we had earlier helped us become more, become tighter. And the our leaders from, from everywhere. Even you know Dak is still here. Mm-hmm. He's still in the, still in the locker room. Um, just as our leaders came together, old, young, it doesn't matter. Um, and and you just kept us kept us uh, on the right path.
1: Now, and you talked about the coaching staff and how close you were with John Fossil and how they've kind of turned into a leadership council for you. Can we expect something crazy from John Fossil this week? Is that something that could be on the radar?
3: We have something in every week. Sometimes we we don't run it, but we have something. I mean, other teams know we have something in. It's just we might not run it, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Could see a a special wrinkle against New York this week, you think Uh, so?
3: you, You expect it every week with him, like... You get these coaches, honestly, these coaches are afraid of him. Like, I remember when we (laughs) played against him last year. When we played against him last year when he was in LA, like, we were. Our coaches were like, yo, listen, he's going to run a fake, and he actually did against me, too, and they completed it. Mm. Yep, you sure I remember that. I remember yeah, yeah. that I had one. Broken, but... Yeah, I had a broken thumb, but yeah, I told him i talked to him about it anyway. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well,
1: CJ, thanks so much for, for hopping on with us here on the Cowboys Hour. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you, and good luck the rest of the way, my man.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been fun.
1: But for everybody involved here in this DallasCowboys.com broadcast, for Danny Sarek, I'm Kyle Yeomans. That's it.